Yeah, yeah, y'all. Two five sports reports is ordered. We got a new episode in the chamber coming for you tomorrow. But now I wanted to take you around the association. You know, next week, next week, we got the NBA back. You know, are you excited? Got a double header. You know, I'm ready to go. So I just wanted to ask a couple of questions, you know, so, you know, do me a favor, you know, hear me out. Let me know what you think so we can have this back and forth and everything. But pardon me, because I got to use my phone because my printer ran out of ink. So, you know, so I don't got my notes, you know, printed out. So bear with me here. But here we go. I got 10 questions as we headed to the NBA season. 10 questions that I want the answers to. Starting with number one, can Sacramento repeat their success? You remember last year, they finished as the three seed. They were unfortunate because they looked down the bracket and they saw the defending champs, the evil empire, the Golden State Warriors. And of course, seven game series, they lost game seven on their home court. Bad taste in their mouth. So what now? So last year, if you remember the Kings, finished first in offense during the regular season, 25th on defense. So that is not a championship formula, obviously, right? Now, DeMontez Sabonis, on the other hand, you know, he's supposed to be the all-star of the team. De'Aaron Fox had a breakout year last year. I expect him to have another good year. Can he take the leap, the SGA leap, if you will? You know, uh, I think Sabonis is the rebounder. He can be the facilitator in the high post at times. But as we saw in that playoff series, he got a little starstruck. His confidence got shaken. And he took two or three games off in that series as far as making an impact. So where does Sacramento go from here? They board in JaVale McGee. Hopefully he can hold down the paint. But how many minutes is he going to play? That's the question. Because they bought back Trey Lyles. They went and traded for Chris, Chris Duarte, you know, who should bring a little bit of perimeter defense with him. But they re-signed Harris and Barnes. Everybody went crazy. $18 million a year. But then we saw what everybody else, like Dylan Brooks and these guys, were getting. And we said, okay, well, maybe Sacramento made out with a good deal. But... If you're going to take that next step, I think you need an upgrade over Harrison Barnes, right? Now, with that being said, you know, they done brought in Sasha Vinzikov, Cypress-born, current defending EuroLeague MVP, you know, but how many minutes is he going to get? Is it going to take an adjustment to adjust to the NBA game? You know, so I think Sacramento can still finish as a top five seed but I'm not so sure if they can get back into the top three. Now, we know Memphis is falling down because Job Moran is going to miss the first 25 games of the season, you know, but if Zion can stay healthy, remember New Orleans was in second place when he got hurt. You know, you got the Lakers made some moves. Golden State is always a threat. You know, can Minnesota shock, you know, with the ascension of Anthony Edwards, and if Carl Anthony Towns could stay healthy for a full season. So I still say top five, but probably not top three. You know, number two, one team from the East, one team from the West, 
who did not make the playoffs and who's going to make it this year. So let's start with the West. Blind faith, call it what you will. Ime Doka is the head coach of the Houston Rockets, for those of you that have been under a rock. So, you know, I suspect that their defensive effort is going to be there. I think Kevin Porter Jr. being out of there is addition by subtraction as far as decision-making. Their defense should improve, and they should swing the ball a little bit more. Now they brought Fred Van Vliet in for that veteran leadership. Dylan Brooks brings a little attitude and edge. I'm not necessarily a fan of him, but I can't deny the impact that he may have on these young players. Jabari Smith is ready to take a leap. We saw him in summer league. Tari Eason, you know, also ready to take a leap. Alfred Shagoon, you know, one of the best big men in the game right now. You know, he's going to take another step forward this year, I believe. You know, you got Amin Thompson coming in to run the second unit. I'm I'm assuming that he's going to run the second unit. You know, they brought in Jeff Green for some veteran leadership. So I think that the Rockets are situated right now because I'm not sure the easy answer would have been to say Dallas. But I'm not sure that Dallas really did anything to improve that much. I did like the Grant Williams pickup. But outside of that, I'm not sure what Dallas really did that's going to put them back in the thick of things. You know, I think that uh, when I look at the West, you know, like I said, I look at New Orleans and, you know, is New Orleans going to be able to stay healthy for one and then for two have any chemistry? Now, looking at this, you know, I'm looking at the Clippers, you know, not saying that the Clippers are going to miss the playoffs. But I can see the Clippers falling down to a play-in unless they pull off this move to get James Harden. You know, when I look at Minnesota, I brought them up. Can they make the leap? But I don't know because they're Minnesota. This is what they do. Every single season they have talent. We think that this might be the year where they can climb up just a tad, and they just never do. So, you know, OKC is going to be better this year. You know, they should win about 43 to 44 games and possibly avoid the play-in. So, you know, it's going to be an interesting to say the least. Excuse me. And I think that the Rockets have the talent. It's just a matter of bringing it all together. But they have a head coach who, last time we saw him coach, led a team to the NBA Finals. So, you know, I'm going with the Houston Rockets out of the West. And the East is a little bit more complicated, you know, but I landed on the Orlando Magic. I thought about the Pistons, but I think the Pistons might start off the season a little slow. Obviously, they went and got Monty Williams, so they should be a little better just from the standpoint of strategy and tacticians. But when I look at Orlando, they have the rookie of the year, Paolo Bancaro. I admit, you know, a lot of my talk about him coming out of the draft was that I think that he was going to win rookie of the year. I thought he was going to be the best rookie, but I also think that he's peaked already. You know, I don't know how much better he's going to get. So, you know, from that standpoint, I still think that he's still, I don't want to say leaps and bounds, but he's still better than a lot of his competition from last year. Now, with that being said, I think that Anthony Black is going to bring an, another wing defender that they need 
because Jalen Suggs has been inconsistent, but Anthony Black can also hit some shots. Jet Howard, you know, he got drafted in the top 15, but that doesn't mean he has to come in and be a star. He just needs to knock down timely shots, which he can do. Franz Wagner is going to take a step forward, you know. So back to Detroit for a second. Like I was saying, they have to figure out what Kate Cunningham is, what's Jaden Ivey's role, can they coexist, and then you still got to find minutes for Asar Thompson, our men's twin. You still got to find time for him. Is the front court too overloaded? You know, Wiseman, Duran. You know, it's like is Bagley, like, you know, there's a lot going on that they're going to have to figure out their rotation. And I think it may take them the first month of the season to do that. So they may start out in a hole that they can't climb out of. Now, you know, Toronto is going to be the team that I think is going to fall out because I expect them to make some moves at the trade deadline. We'll get to them later. But, you know, I just wonder, you know, as I look at the East, Chicago. You know, they're a team that made the play in last year. What happens with them? They're going to start out this year as was, you know, but is Zach Levine going to get traded at the deadline? They, I think we've already seen that they can't coexist, you know, as far as winning basketball. So I would have liked for them to have picked up uh, Russell Westbrook. And if I would have known Chris Paul was on the move, you know, and all that kind of stuff like that, that might have been a good look for them. But as is, I can't trust the Bulls. You know, the Hawks. Can DeJounte Murray and Trey Young in the backcourt work? I like both players individually. I don't know if I like them together. But that's just me. You know, and I think that losing John Collins might hurt them more than we're led to believe. So number three, expectations for the Lakers. You know, we wasn't going to get throughout this without talking about them. So let's get it over with. So Dennis Schroeder was a big loss defensively. He was the one player that was able to bother Jamal Murray during the playoff run last year. You know, he gave Steph fits, you know, when Vanderbilt wasn't guarding him. So I think that losing him, they lose one of their better defenders, especially from an on-ball capacity. So with that being said, they went and got uh, Gabe Vincent from Miami. They went and got... Christian Wood, who has tanked every team that he's been on. You know, how does Rui Hachimura look now that he got paid? They were able to keep Austin Reeves and pay him. So what do we do now with this? You know, I look at the Lakers. You know, they finished in the play-in last year as the seventh seed. I think they can avoid the play-in this year. But there's two things at play here. Obviously, LeBron James is another year older. Is he going to have to sit out more games, not due to injury, but just because, you know, Anthony Davis, you know, had an abnormally, for the most part, healthy season last year when he came back from injury. You know, they got Jackson Hayes to spell him and them on the court together could be dangerous for opposing offenses that try to get to the paint, try to penetrate, get to the paint. You go, you got two shot blockers down there now, you know, so I think that if I'm the Lakers, theoretically speaking here, you know, if Denver is the best team in the West still, and I do believe they are, then if I'm the Lakers, why can't I be the two seed? Besides the things that I just mentioned as far as the games being missed and all that. So the Lakers should aspire to be a top three or top four seed, have home court in the first round. 
That's my expectation for the Lakers is something around the lines of 44 to 45 wins. We'll just have to see because I think the West is going to be congested this year. I think Denver's going to finish with the number one seed, but I can also see Denver only finishing with 48 or 49 wins. So I think the Lakers can be that next team right behind them. Will they? Stay tuned. Number four, is the evil empire over? The evil empire being the Warriors. The answer is an emphatic yes. Emphatic yes. Because Draymond can't provide the scoring that they need. They are still small. You know, Looney's still there, but they didn't really add anything of note to help him out down low. You know, Clay is another year older, legs a little more tired. He was down to 34% in the series against the Lakers because those legs just gave out. He had to play a lot because Steph, you know, was out a little bit last year. Jordan Poole averaged 26 points in games that Steph didn't play, but he's gone now. They brought in Chris Paul, which is only going to slow them down. You know, so they may play, like when you get to the playoffs, they may play a little bit more of what we think of as playoff basketball, but I just don't think they have the requisite parts to get it done. I like Jonathan Kaminga. Apparently the Warriors don't. You know, Moody has played well in spells. They're going to need a lot more from him. So I think that they're just, it's just too much to ask for. They don't have, they don't have enough to depend on. Number five. Who is the favorites in the East? Who are the favorites in the East? And I asked that question because of the moves recently. You know, obviously, if you know me and you've been listening to Sports Reports as ordered or 2-5 Daily, you know I wasn't going to say the 76ers. You knew that already. You know, but so we're going to go with somewhere between Boston and Milwaukee. And I think I like Boston because Boston has what you need. To compete in the NBA, they have two wing scorers and defenders, you know, two way players. You know, they are what Kawhi and Paul George were supposed to be. Now, Jason Tatum has these games where he goes 314 and things like that in the playoffs that he has to eliminate. Obviously, it happens to everybody, but even during their finals run, it seemed like it was every other game. You know, he'll go 11 for 19, and then tomorrow he's four for 12, so on and so forth. You know, kind of Paul George like, if you will, you know, but when I look at this, you know, obviously a lot of this is going to depend on health. You know, Porzingis, you know, gives them some more size, somebody younger and fresher than Al Horford to play a lot of minutes and get boards. I don't like the fact that they lost Robert Williams. But when I look at Milwaukee, they lost Drew Holiday, who was their perimeter defender. Chris Middleton is getting older and slash injured and his game isn't necessarily predicated on athleticism so like in a in a seven game series i think that tatum and brown will just take turns picking on him even though he is a decent defender Giannis showed us in game five or game four last year against miami he wants no part of the balls late so now you bring in dame lillard who should be able to hit the shots they got bobby portis back uh Brooke Lopez is 35 now, so he's going to slow down at some point. So I think that these two teams will meet in the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm just going with Boston. 
Number six, does Phoenix have too much firepower? So Frank Vogel, of course, we know him as a defensive coach. We know him as a great coach when it comes to big men. But now they shipped off DeAndre Ayton to Portland, got some depth coming back in. They picked up Eric Gordon. They brought in Keon Johnson. For some reason, they got TJ Warren, you know, but uh, Durant and Booker last year in the playoffs, especially in that series against Denver, they were averaging 44 minutes per game. Now you have Bradley Bill, so you should be able to offset that, stagger your lineups a little bit, play two of the three at a time, and even one of them at a time, depending on the lineups. My question is, what does Yusuf Yurkic bring? Nurkic, what does he bring? You know, he's been a little injured. He's slow, you know, but at the same time, you know, Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal are a little bit more methodical with the basketball. So, you know, the original question was going to be, is there enough balls to go around, so to speak? You know, um, I think that that'll work itself out as the season goes on. You know, Devin Booker played a little point last year with Chris Paul out. Bradley Bills played a little point guard off and on, not officially, but, you know, he's been more of a in-the-ball-handler role ever since John Wall left Washington. So I think it can work. Now, Mr. Logical has the Suns finishing 37 and 45. You know, I think that the Suns are going to fill in that top four, you know, so Denver, the Lakers, Phoenix, and somebody else, you know, and then Sacramento starting that next tier before you get to the play-in. So, you know, I think that's where we are. So I don't think that Phoenix has too much firepower. You know, Bradley Beal also and Kevin Durant both miss a lot of games. So as the season goes on, you're probably going to see a lot of load management out of them if they are not on the all-infirmary team. You know, so number seven, what is Toronto doing? I brought them up earlier. What are they doing? I thought they were going to make a move with uh, Pascal Siakam, OJ, Adenobi, at least one of them, going back to the trade deadline last season. Memphis was supposed to be in play for OG Adenobi, but it sounded like Toronto wanted too many first-round picks. They don't have a pick next year. So that's my question. What are they doing? Are they going all in to try to win a championship? They're not going to win a championship. They may not make the playoffs. They were in the play-in last year. You know, are they rebuilding? They can't rebuild. They don't have a draft pick, you know. So that's why, you know, you trade one of the two, if not both to try to get some first-round picks. You know, they get brought in, they're bringing in Grady Dick from the draft, you know, so maybe you got yourself a shooter to go along with Gary Trent Jr., but you lost Van Vliet, who was your leader, but that might be a great thing because, you know, it sounds like different media reports are talking about how he was screaming at everybody and going nuts on the young guys last year. So they weren't having fun playing basketball. Nick Nurse is gone, but... Masai Ujiri needs to do something before he ends up just being the guy that was lucky to get Kawhi Leonard. You know, they're bringing in a new coach, you know, so uh, what what is he going to bring to the table? He's a smart mind coming in from OKC in Memphis, you know, so uh, we'll see, you know, but I think that Toronto is going to have a fire sale at the trade deadline. Everybody must go clearance sale. That's just me, though. You know, number eight. What does Miami do now? The Miami conundrum. 
because remember, they were supposed to get Damian Lillard, you know, the v Miami videos um, going to Miami. No, you're not. You know, they played their hand too much. And I think Portland, out of spite, just said, no, we're not sending you there. And they didn't want Tyler Hero. They don't need Tyler Hero. You know, they already have Shaden Sharp. They brought, they drafted Scoot Henderson. They still have Anthony Simons. So there's nowhere for Tyler Hero to play. So, yes, did Portland have a little petty to them by not dealing with Miami? Yes. But I think they also got a better deal out of it. You know, they ended up getting DeAndre Ayton, Robert Williams, as I mentioned. You know, we'll see what happens with Brogdon. You know, so um, as they stand, you know, I think Portland is going to be a little bit better than people think they could challenge for the play-in. But when I look at Miami, you know, they were the play-in last year, the eight seed. They made it all the way to the finals, historic run, you know, took out Boston, almost blew the 3-0 to Boston. So what do you do now? You got Jaime Jaquez, the rookie out of UCLA, who I like. You know, he's going to be a good defender. He might provide a three ball for them. But they lost Gabe Vincent, as I mentioned, to the Lakers. They lost Max Struess to Cleveland, who were a big part of their playoff run. Then you, you still have um, the Martin twin, who everybody, or not everybody, but a lot of people thought he should have been Eastern Conference Finals MVP even over Jimmy Butler. You bring him back, but Kevin Love's a year older. Kyle Lowry's a year older. At what point? Do you just stop trying to do things the hard way? You know, uh, you know they it's a little disappointing they couldn't get Drew Holiday. So what does Miami do now? But probably go right back to the play-in. You know, and that's not where you want to be because it is not common, you know, for play-in teams to make it to the NBA Finals. You know, now if anybody can do it, it's them. Jimmy Butler, the dog, you know, the heart, you know, Bam Adebayo's been there and done that. You know, they've been to two finals in the last three years or the last four years. So, you know, like Miami is not a team that you should just take lightly and underestimate. But they got to do something. They can't finish the season with the roster that they have right now and expect to be a factor in the East. Number nine. Now. Before you accuse me of being a homer, I'm just saying, are the Wizards really the worst team in the league? Because they have two guys that can get you 25 a night. That could get you 30 if you need it and put the team on their back, as Mr. Logical says, put the backpack on and tell you to hop in. Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma. They probably have the best backup point guard in the league, Tyus Jones, until I'm in Thompson gets his feet wet. You know, so Charlotte doesn't have that. San Antonio doesn't have that. So, you know, obviously San Antonio has Wimby, but is how long is it going to take him to adjust to regular season NBA basketball? Like, can I expect that he's just going to come in and average 23 and 12 right off the bat? You know, they do have Keldon Johnson, who I like a lot, Kentucky stand-up. You know, Devin Vassell. You know, they do have Trey Jones, Tyus's little brother. So the Spurs have young talent, and they have Jeremy Sochan, of course. That's about it, though. Like, you know, um, I think that the Spurs have to learn how to win. Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma both have played on championship teams. 
and been major contributors to those championships. Charlotte doesn't have any of that. You know, at this point, Charlotte's hoping that Brandon Miller can somewhat resemble the guy that he that he claimed as the GOAT, Paul George. You know, and I think it's going to take an adjustment for him. So I'm going to say that right now as we sit here on October 16th, I'm going to say Charlotte is the worst team in the league, not the Wizards. And then finally, number 10, who wins the finals? So last year, you know, Sports Reports is ordered. We started in January. So we were able to preview the finals just in time, you know, to get this party started, if you will. You know, and my finals was Denver over Boston last year. Now, of course, Boston went down 3-0 to Miami, messed that all up, got the game seven, but just J- Jason Tatum got hurt on the, one of the first plays of the game. They just ran out of energy and stamina. So it ended up being Denver, Miami. You know, I picked Miami, or I'm sorry, I picked Denver in six out of respect for Miami. They won in five. You know, but when I look back at this season now, I already told you Boston is my favorite in the East. So at the risk of sounding like a replay, I'm going with Denver over Boston in the NBA finals. I think Denver is one of those teams that they had to do it. Now that they won the title, sky's the limit. You know, now they know that they can do it. You know, now I will say they were probably fortunate last year that they didn't run into Golden State because I think Golden State might have ran them out the gym, you know. But, you know, another year later, I don't view Golden State the same way. I talked about Klay Thompson earlier. You know, uh, Draymond, you know, might be a factor defensively, but he's not going to do enough offensively to scare Denver. You know, uh, is LeBron going to have legs by that time of year? I say no. In the East, you know, you got Boston – you got uh, Milwaukee. I'm not even considering Philadelphia. You know, we'll have to see if James Harden will be on the roster by the time we get to that stage. So at this point, um, I think that those are the two best teams in the league. You know, um, Drew Holiday was an upgrade over Marcus Smart. He does the same things, but better. You know, now I know Marcus Smart won Defensive Player of the Year, but I think a lot of that was media narrative as well. You know, but Drew Holiday is the is a significantly better three-point shooter. And we know that Joe Mazzula wants to shoot all the threes. So they improved with Porzingis and Drew Holiday, two, you know, good three-point shooters and that are able to spread the floor, Porzingis being the big man and Drew Holiday being the point guard that could pull up. So, you know, I just like that matchup. You know, I'm going to go with Boston over Denver. We'll see where we're at in three or four months from now, reevaluate the landscape and see where we are. But those are my thoughts for now. So let me know what you think. Like, review, subscribe, and I'll be right back at you. Peace.